A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Life and Balance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Today, we'll be discussing taking a sick day in the deep dive before we answer an audience question and an issue from the internet. But first... Time for the daily stand-up. So, Derek, oh. today, the day that we're recording, mm-hmm. is a day that is deeply, deeply mired in politics. Mm-hmm. And when I think of politics, it is inextricably linked to thinking about slime molds. Okay. Um, uh, politicians are pretty slimy. So like, yeah, I'm right there. Um, I, I feel very gross, you know, very slimy after the day is over. So yeah, I, I can see that. Um, but why don't you give me the, uh, the real tie in that you're thinking of? All right. So the slime molds that I'm thinking about, there was a report that I read and essentially, um, so Tokyo has one of the most advanced subway systems in the world and they have mm-hmm. spent a lot of time money and effort making it as efficient as possible so they tried setting up some slime mold and they put a little piece of oat approximately in the same places where all the little hubs in tokyo are all the little subsidies. okay and then they let the slime mold run for about a day and a half and the slime mold more or less, recreated the entire Tokyo subway system. Huh. So, and this wasn't like somebody, you know, somebody in Japan watched a slime mold nom some oats and said, huh, this would be a good railway system, but it's the opposite, that it just so happened that they got it so perfect to, you know, as efficient as it could be, as as it matches some sort of biological uh, mechanism inside this organism. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Like, So how many single-cell, uh, or how many types of single-cell organisms and different types of uh, material, like, like food source, do you think they tried before they, they finally got the, ah, ah, yes, yes, here it is. <laughs> Here's our system. It's so efficient. It's good. Because I can, it's kind of one of those things where it's like you, you get a, um, like, like uh, somebody does a really cool trick. And, you know, it's caught on video, but it's actually like the the 400th time they've done that. So, so like, <laughs> I imagine like the, you know, the, the whole, you know, Japanese transportation system, like they're, they're just enamored with uh, the way that they've done it. And they, they want to exert some confirmation bias onto biology and then <laughs> be like something in nature has found that the way that we do it to be the most efficient way. So let's set up some experiments. And so you have like, 
you know, 400 different types of single cell organisms. And like, you got some oats, uh, you got some wheat, you got maybe a raisin. Uh, <laughs> you just kind of <laughs> lay them all out and just like let them go nuts for, for 24 hours at a time. And then after, you know, a, a little while of like iterating and finding which ones, uh, finally get the perfect one that take a picture of it. And all of a sudden that's a, a campaign slogan. So, <laughs> so it's like a million slime molds on a million typewriters will eventually squish out Shakespeare. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, that, that is very interesting. This is the kind of shit that, like, a project manager finds interesting. <laughs> Are you going to start doing experiments in your, your cube to find, like, uh, some single-cell organism that consumes a food, and the byproduct is, like, the, the flowchart of your, <laughs> of your project management process? Oh, I God. think we've hit on it, Derek. I think that's how I'm going to write my next project management book is I'm just going to put sort of random commands down and then let some slime mold go nuts. And then however it connects those, <laughs> I'm going to be like, you know, you start at A and then you go to Z. Don't ask why. This is obviously the most efficient method the slime mold told me. I mean, I can see that that possibly eventually like it could result in something useful, uh, but I do feel that there would be a lot of uh, there'd be a lot of churn, a lot of uh, a lot of storming while that's going on. While you try to figure out uh, which one of these single cell organisms got it right, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying you know you might have to be with a slightly more uh, forward thinking team. <laughs> it's like okay, here, here's we're not doing agile. We're de- we're doing. Um, <laughs> it's not agile. If, if I could figure out an acronym for moist. <laughs> Multicellular optimized integrated system of tubes. I think we're, we're backing into that one a little too hard. <laughs> I do. I, I don't get me wrong. I, I fully support you. You and uh, and and you bringing your moist method to the people. <laughs> I've got a bestseller on my hands here, Derek. Don't ruin it for me. Oh God. Oh, I, I do like the, the the moist acronym, though. I think it might be kind of hard to to figure out a a series of words that backs into that. Something to do with ooze, uh, goo, goojile. That's not. That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't look that up with a say search off. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to let us go on. We got to figure out one of them. Just just one good one. All right, Derek, if you're not going to play with me in the land of moist, how about damp? Decentralized okay, damp. agile management process. Oh my god. Fucking yes. There it goes. It's it's not quite uh, what I was hoping for, which was you know some sort of like ooze or slime based portmanteau, but I think this is the acronym for us. <laughs> Damp. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, give it to us one more time. Decentralized agile management process. Oh my god! Damp. And uh, and it's trademark. sort of 
we're going all the way back to like you know they used to to try and tell the future via animal entrails and you know tea leaves and other tea random leaves, things. Right. Yeah. And now we're using <laughs> prophetic slime mold. <laughs> oh, I mean, I gotta think that there's some better analog to <laughs> to management, like. I would say like ants, like ants definitely seem like something that is, it is better to study if you're looking at, uh, like how to coordinate a large group of things, um, which, you know, I, I think would be particularly useful because, you know, they, they use like trails of sugar and like smells and stuff, which I mean, if, if I were a part of a management, <laughs> a management, uh, system that was based on sugar, like I'm all for that. Like, just like, I love just... it. <laughs> I love it a lot, but I think it's very 1960s. Like, I think that's the management style of the sixties. We've got the queen, we've got the hive, we've got the workers and they're all very regimented and going about doing the things that they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Today's network is just that it's a network of equals of single cells, all coming together like the mighty slime mold. Rapidly iterating, finding the best solutions, fast failure, fail forward, (laughs) squish your way to a brighter tomorrow. Yeah, I guess so. And, you know, since, especially if we're looking for something for you to implement, uh, it wouldn't be sugar-based because uh, that would be some sort of reward or something. And (laughs) I feel that's not really your shtick. So I'm low carb in it, baby. And as far as I know, <laughs> slime molds are pretty low carb. So another thing that I that I think is nice about the whole damp idea is that uh you know, we were talking about sugar as a reward to kind of be like impetus or to help people get from point A to point B, like the ants do. I think you know you could uh do the opposite, which is negative reinforcement by <laughs> by damp branded spray bottles. So ah. not only do you get like the the whole like uh, acronym ab- about the multicelled organisms and things like that, but you you also get kind of a nice tie-in to be able to just squirt people who do something bad. So I think it's a win-win. I like it when you said negative reinforcement. I really figured that you were talking about like feeding the non-believers to Unclor, the slime lord. <laughs> Which is which is a, a, a single and multi-cell organism thing to do, for sure. But I like I like the spray bottle idea better. It <laughs> preserves knowledge workers and right. sort of unlocks their uh their inherent drive. <laughs> to, to not to not be damp. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I like that a lot. Um Make sure, make sure when you try to implement that, I'm like at least on the the middle management level of that because uh, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure I want to be on the lower rungs on that one. Just because I don't I don't look, I'm a moist man as it is, <laughs> and I don't need anybody just like coming around, you know, seeing me like I don't know, like browsing like Reddit or Twitter or something and just like squirt me the squirt bottle. That that sounds like a bad time. All right, oh. come with me, Derek, and we'll discuss where you fit into Unclor's network. <laughs> but until then, we can head to the deep dive. Okay, that sounds good. All right, today on the deep dive, we are going to talk about taking a sick day. 
Nobody likes being sick, and nobody wants you in the office when you are contagious, so sometimes we're forced to call in sick. This can lead to ball dropping, delayed projects, and co-workers being left in the lurch. So, Frank, how sick do you have to be in order for you to take a sick day? It depends. Earlier in my career, I would say, like, death. Right. And, and like, because whenever, whenever you start, uh, like early on in your, in your, in your career or you started a new job, typically like you have this feeling of, oh shit, I don't have a whole lot of leave time. I need to be sparing and save it up and do that for two, three, four years. And chances are you're going to have far more than you can, <laughs> than your conscience will ever let you use. Oh uh, yeah. And like, I also had the good fortune, I guess. We'll we'll put that in gigantic scare quotes. <laughs> like, for most of those years, I would save, like, my getting absolutely deathly ill for the Christmas holiday break. You know, when we already had <laughs> that, time that's off. That's good planning. That's yeah, it was good, good planning. planning on my part. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be completely healthy throughout the entirety of the year, and then I'm going to get pneumonia for Christmas. <laughs> God, oh man, that that is not something I typically put on my Christmas list. Like Red Rider BB gun, you know, maybe some fancier headphones and pneumonia. That's just doesn't sound like a good Christmas, though, Frank. I mean, I called it the Christmas plague, and I got it was not <laughs> it was not always the same disease, but it was always some disease, and it always hit me like right in the Christmas to New Year's stretch when we already right. had off because I worked at an advertising agency and they're just like, eh, nobody's going to be around. Why don't all of you, you know, have off? Right. Because like the advertising, you know, business, I, they, there would be a lot of a, a huge lead up to Christmas and, and the holidays. But it, once they're basically there, like there's not really a whole lot of, of like ad buying or anything that you can do. So you might as well just kind of take off. Yeah, and so I would I would end up going home to see my parents and then just falling ill with like cholera and malaria simultaneously. <laughs> I would get typhoid, just whatever I could find was apparently when I would get it, you know, right then. <laughs> Just for some reason, it popped into my head the thought of you like planning for this, and like you 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 do a road trip to your to your in law or to your to your parents' house, and you just basically like starting at every truck stop you can, you just lick every doorknob along the path between <laughs> between where you are and where your mother lives. Um, hey, now there was one year. <laughs> Where I got a gastrointestinal one, and I did see every single truck stop between here and there, but, but it was for a completely different reason, different reason. right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and 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 gastrointestinal issues typically are not going to like fulfill that once a year or twice a year sickness you get. It has to be like some sort of viral thing or something like that. It can't be. It can't just be an upset tummy. It has to be. Nose clogged, like if anybody has listened to the last week's episode, that was like four days into me getting like one of the worst colds of my life. And what, and like, like I said, that was like day four. And I thought I was like over the hump. 
oh no, baby. Like, <laughs> we were just buckling up. Uh, I sounded like 10 times worse until like Saturday. Uh, that was one of the worst colds that I've had in a long time. And I did not lick any doorknobs or anything. So, like, I don't know. You had the good fortune of working with someone who gave unto others in the in the grand holiday tradition of coming to work deathly fucking ill. But it was fucking Halloween. Like, this wasn't even, this wasn't even a typical, like... Uh, selfless act of like Christmas or Thanksgiving. This was like, ooh, you know what's scary? <laughs> Getting your your coworkers communicable diseases before Halloween. That's what's scary. It, it made it for a very shitty Halloween. But no, you know, I I legitimately think that planning your sick days it, it's almost like it's almost like vaccinating. Like because you know that that once you get sick. Uh, around that Christmas time, like you do, like you're not going to be sick again for a while. So, you know, you go ahead and get it out of the way. Like me, on the other hand, like I typically get like a couple of really bad colds every year. Like I don't really get a whole lot else. Like I don't, like, I, I hate even saying it because I, I know I'm going to jinx myself, but I don't really get like the flu. I just get like really bad colds. And like, my thing is that if, if I am, I am very lucky. I'm lucky to be in an, in a profession where essentially I don't have to be near people, um, in order to do my work. Like there's, there's planning meetings and things like that that make it kind of, <laughs> uh, that make it kind of important to be around people. But typically for like software development, um, the less people that are around me to, to distract me, like the better. So like I actually get better work done at home than I do, you know, in the office typically. So if I'm like really sick, um, there, there is a threshold. Like if I'm, if I'm sick enough to where just being like upright and looking at something that isn't like a shitty movie, if I'm to the point where, where like just the thought of being conscious is too much, then, you know, I'm going to like do a full sick day. Like I don't count on me to answer emails or anything because <laughs> if you want me, if you want lucid Derek, uh, call back in a couple days. Like, but sometimes you bad. get that good fever dream code. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> people talk about that all the time. Like some people, like I, I have never been like that. Like I've never, uh, like you hear about people like drunk coding or like high coding or sick coding in their way into like this beautiful, uh, wonderful solution. Um, when honestly, what I think it is, is that, like their mind is telling them, oh, my God, you have cracked the code. You have solved the fourth dimension. And it's really kind of like that Family Guy episode where, you know, Peter and Lois get high and they think they're writing <laughs> this beautiful song. But they're really just like rolling around screaming. Um, that's kind of what it is. Like you think it's like this beautiful solution. Um, but whenever you look on, look back on it with clarity or <laughs> during some sort of code review, um so there will be some head shaking. I mean, um, little known fact, Twitter was created due to bad shellfish. See, I can't tell if you're kidding or not because, <laughs> because the thing is like, it's not true, imagine, but it could be. Cause I, cause you could just, it, it'd be one of those things where it's like, you know, they're like deep in sickness and they have like popped, like, I don't know, like 
like a half gallon of Finnegan. And so they're just like loopy <laughs> as hell. And it's like, guys, 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 what if birds, what if we could hear the birds talk? What if we could hear what 40 characters a pop? <laughs> right. We, what, what if we heard the shit the birds were saying? And they're like, oh, well, that, I don't think that's very useful. But what if, like, we let other people talk? Like, oh, oh my God, that's amazing. So I, I could see that being part of their, their brainstorming process. But uh, but no, I, I've never been one to come up with good ideas while while sick. Like, while tired, yeah. Like, if I'm, if I, I do most of my good coding at, like, starting at, like, 11 p.m. So, like, I, I <laughs> if... If you want good code, like, just let me work from, like, 11 p.m. to 5 a.m., and you'll get good shit. Um, that's because that's when you're at your most intuitive, Derek, and that's part of the damp methodology. <laughs> just uh, sleep-deprived software developers high on codeine syrup, coding madly for hours see, on end in the wee hours of the morning. See, I always said that I was damp, but I thought I was just describing my moisture level. Little did I know I was being prophetic and <laughs> and knowing I was doing something right. Just uh just didn't have the process for it, but now we do. Okay, so so like if I uh, if I am super sick, like I'm just going to call a full sick day. If I'm if I'm too sick to be in the office, like if I am contagious, I I feel I feel very strongly about not spreading sickness to anyone. So like at personal, at, at the risk of like personal professional damage, I will stay out of the office. Some people don't feel that way. Some people, if they, you know, they're sick, but they still feel that they, their work ethic tells them to go to work. I mean, and we, we've kind of talked about this before on, on the podcast about um, people coming to work sick and sharing their awful awful people germs oh yeah no uh, we i think we've talked about it before but it bears reiterating absolutely the fuck home if you have if you have a boss that just like shits on you for taking a sick day go find another fucking job because that's just that's just wrong like it's a stupid decision by the boss to say you have to come into work sick because not only, I mean, and I know we've talked about this before, but but not only is that stupid because it's going to get other people sick, but it's a it is a it is a bad calculation. Like because he's going to get other people sick, and it's going to cost even more company time for people to get well. And so just just quarantine the contagion, let them get healthy, and and you know count that as a loss. But know that that it could have been much worse. Like just just. Understand how germs work, please. Just That's why I'm coming out with my new line of quarantine cubes, Derek. Uh-huh. So that you can come to work while madly sick with an interesting plague you got from eating a weird slime mold. And we can isolate you so that you don't infect others, but yet you can also still be in the office. So my question is... Uh, is it, what does it look like? Is it like, is it a, a transparent film or is it like a completely like opaque material? What type of, uh, isolation are we talking? Like, I'm, do you I'm, have to see the sick person inside? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm thinking like, 
inch and a half thick lucite walls on okay. all four sides, and then like just some some air being pumped in through some sort of apparatus. And other than that, they've just yeah. got their their desk and everything in there. And the the air coming out of it, like the exhaust, would have to like go straight through the incinerator because that you you can't just like. Can't just can't can't vent that shit directly into the room. Like that has to be isolated. I think that's the only real flaw to your plan um, is that the exhaust for that because uh, you do have to keep the airflow. Because uh, like if you don't get if you don't put new air into the the sealed container every like I don't know half an hour, people start passing out, and that's really not good for productivity. Yeah, that um, that cuts down on the productivity a lot. Now I'm thinking we just we pipe all that air out. We tell people it's going to someplace your competitors. To be- to your competitors. Exactly. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. I, I like that. So the the only concern that I have um, is that then it would make it okay for people to come to work sick. Isn't it at that point their corporate duty to come to work sick so that their plague can be transferred to Compete Co. next door? That is true. It, it, it would then be a, a company imperative, a professional edge in order to to give you guys an advantage. Now, I, I I like it, but at the same time, if you were to to take me in my state last week and put me in one of these um, uh, nerd aquariums, as it were, <laughs> <laughs> um, it would have been very un- unpleasant to see. Like, <laughs> there was a lot of fluids... I was I was definitely full blown like implementing the damp methodology all last week. Um, <laughs> it was it was it was not pleasant. Like Derek, like uh, <laughs> my, my, <laughs> there was residue. So I'm not sure that like uh, you could probably sell tickets to that. Like that's probably somebody something. Um, but that's that that was not a pleasant thing to see. Um, but uh, okay, so so. One one last question. If if a company advertises unlimited sick days, so you have like your pool of of leave days includes uh you know let's say you have like 15 vacation days, but for sick days like they don't make you submit anything or anything like that. It, it they just tell you unlimited sick days. What does unlimited really mean? Unlimited tends to mean um, right up until you piss your boss off for some reason that is usually exactly. unconnected. Yep. <laughs> and that then you get jacked up at. for all the days that you already took. So you don't really know that you fucked yourself until like some point in the future, at which point it's too right. late to do anything about it. Yeah. I, I think it's far less, uh, that it is unlimited as it is, um, <laughs> it is unknown or hidden. It is. There is a trap in the, in your future. You do not. It's kind of like uh, let's wake daddy or don't wake daddy, uh, <laughs> where it's like you don't know you don't know how many like cranks of the wheel or whatever it's going to take before you know you you piss off the man. There there is a number. Like it is. There is a in somebody's brain. There is a finite number, and it depends on how much your your boss already likes you. Like. If you are the golden child, you can get away with, you know, fucking murder. But if you are kind of, like, on the ropes already, uh, you may find that unlimited sick days <laughs> does not mean very many. 
Because I mean, I, and you know, I, and I, I get it. Like the thing is, like once you start truly advertising and and meaning what you say about like unlim- unlimited sick days, that that does kind of open the door a little bit because because there are some people that are going to abuse um, anything that that is a positive thing. Um, and I, I think we'll probably eventually talk about this on, on the podcast about privilege abusers and how they really just fuck it up for everybody. Um, but you know, I think most of the time, like I've worked at places that had unlimited sick days and I used them when I was sick relatively judiciously, mostly so that I was not, um, as we discussed, bringing the plague to the office, I'd be like, eh, I'm running a fever today. That means I've got something. I don't know exactly what it is. It's not, you know, strong enough for me to go to the doctor. I don't need medication, but at the same time, it would probably be better for everybody if I didn't come and spread this gift around. <laughs> and I would just, you know, say, Hey, I'm not feeling real well. So I'm just going to work from home today. Right. And, and that was fine. I, but I, I like, my personality type, I am 100% like, no one is going to abuse this except for the guy who does. And that guy, I will fire immediately. Like, <laughs> I am I am like a switch. There is no in-between. Like, good managers, I'm not going to claim that I'm a good manager. Good managers are like, we're going to sit down and have a conversation with this guy. Mm-hmm. We're going to give him... behaviors, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, we're going to give this guy three chances, and we're going to give him a... a <laughs> You know, a corrective methodology document that lays out exactly what he needs to do over the course of the next three months. An improvement plan. Yes, the improvement (laughs) plan. Yes. And I'm like, ah, man, you you called in sick three days in a row because Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. I've got good news for you. You get unlimited (laughs) amounts of time to play Red Dead Redemption 2. Because you're fucking fired. Uh, Want to get to an audience question, Dirk? Yep. I'm tired of talking about sick stuff. I've been thinking about being sick for like 10 days. Tired of it. Sick and tired of it. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. But I am, but I'm not tired of being damp. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to regret this before this is over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as moist, <laughs> but, it's, but it's damp. <laughs> oh, God. Any tips on how one gets through life working for a billion dollar corporation that happily fucks over their employees for a few thousand dollars? Sent in by the lazy stoner. Hmm. I don't know that I've worked for a billion dollar corporation before. Yeah, I, I think we're we're kind of uh, kind of out kicking our coverage here because uh, both of us have have worked mostly like you know metropolitan Alabama, which is not known to be just sw- swarming with billion dollar companies. I think the last one we both worked at might have been billion dollar. Like it. That's true. That's true. It, it was definitely, like, the last two that we've worked for have both been multinationals. This one, very multinational, but very small. Like, I don't think it's it's a, it's that large of an organization. Right. It just has branches everywhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. yeah but, okay, but the so, other one, I think, was big enough that it probably broached that billion-dollar mark. I think you're right. So, yeah, we, we have. Okay, let's pontificate. Uh, what was the actual question? Uh, How do you get through life working for a billion-dollar company that's going to fuck you over for a few thousand dollars? Okay, so we're bad examples because both of us left that company. So, <laughs> well, um, let me rephrase. I still got hurt feelings, Derek. <laughs> I I left. Uh, you were strongly encouraged <laughs> to leave the property. There was a firmly worded letter. <laughs> Oh, uh, said you don't gotta go home, but you can't <laughs> stay here. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't uh, actually worked like for all that that this is kind of the soulless corporate drone podcast or whatever. Like, I don't think I've worked for anywhere that's been that bad. Like, and, and I've worked so the the place that I was I have worked that was that bad was not that big of a company. It was a small right. local organization. <laughs> it just happened to be run by complete psychopaths. Right. <laughs> and and when you're working for a sociopath like mm, things can get hairy real fast. The yeah. biggest company that I worked for was actually probably the the nicest one for all that they, you know, kicked my ass to the curb. It wasn't anything <laughs> personal, personal. Right. It was just like, yeah. And it wasn't, you know, completely magnanimous. They wanted to be like, you know, oh, it was the, the last people brought in were the first people that had to go out. And I'm like, yeah, but what about her? She still got a job. <laughs> but at the same time, like that was probably the nicest exit that i've ever had from an organization <laughs> that's the nicest boy i've never been fired by a nicer group of people <laughs> <laughs> i was left standing on the corner with a box in my hands and a smile on my face <laughs> oh god yeah i mean all things considered like they did a, they did some things that i was not i was not pleased with um but but yeah i guess i can say that they didn't necessarily do it out of like malice or anything like I I've never really been a part of a company that I felt was just like straight fucking people over. Yeah. Like, like never attribute to malice. What can be ascribed to pure void sucking incompetence. Right. Exactly. And, and I think that is kind of, uh, kind of what I faced in the past. Like, um, most of, honestly, most of the incompetence and stuff that I've encountered throughout my, my history has been, um, you know, like I've worked in a lot of companies that were started by families that were then taken over by like in-laws or like other parts of the family and stuff like that. And like, they just, just did not have the business acumen that their, their grandfather or grandmother or whomever that started the company had. Um, and they just started making like bad decisions and you know, the, the 50, 60 years that they had spent building all of this, this amazing like workforce and building up all this rapport, um, with like an, an, an entire industry, um, just starts going to shit because, you know, they're making very, limited scope decisions like they or, or um, limited understanding decisions. And so, 
you know, very quickly a, you know, multi-billion dollar company um, could turn could turn into a much smaller company because people start writing them off, they start leaving. And so, yeah, I, I have seen, you know, some things happen, but but it, it wasn't because people were, were evil. It's just like they for, they forgot to go to school for something. Like they they slept, they slept through whatever, whatever class teaches you how to run a business. <laughs> I mean, in some cases, like they went to a four year college for this. They slept a lot. So <laughs> uh, it's like around here, I, I'm not 100% clued into like the restaurant industry, but I, I've got enough contacts in the restaurant industry that I am continually amazed. Like Birmingham is a tough market for restaurants. And and they open right. and then they close quickly thereafter. And, and most people are like, oh, it's because we've got too many restaurants. Like we're we're spoiled by choice, and so there's so many different places to eat that it's difficult for anything to gain a toehold. And right. to some extent, that's true. But then again, there are a lot of dumb bastards with a restaurant. <laughs> Just making the stupidest possible decisions where I'm sitting right. there going, you did what? And, and it's like, and some of them like make really incredible like food. Like they have like a, an amazing gimmick or an amazing chef or something like that. Um, and then like, they just didn't understand what made people go there. And then they're like, fuck it all. You know, let, let's change this one thing. But it was the thing. And all of a sudden, it goes under in like two months. <laughs> and like, I mean, some of them are pricks. Uh, and that's the thing. Some of them are just not very good businessmen. Like, they, they right. have a good idea. Like, I have seen restaurants taken down by like, really good intentions. Where, you know, it's like, I'm going to pay everybody $20 an hour and we're going to have, you know, these rare dishes that you don't find in Alabama cuisine very often, but we're going to have them (laughs) at cut rate rock bottom prices. Right. Because we don't need to make that much profit. And then six months later, they're like... We we bankrupt. We bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like... While that was really nice, and I'm glad I got to eat there for the three months y'all were open, I kind of saw that coming. <laughs> like, yeah. you can't necessarily underprice everybody and then pay everybody. Literally, like, I am I'm definitely one of those people who's like, everyone should be able to make a living wage doing absolutely. work. Like, absolutely. The people who labor to actually do things, my job, while I, I enjoy my job. Uh-huh. is not an important job. Right. Like, the planet is not going to cease operating if all the project managers died one day. <laughs> we would be less efficient as a people. Sure, you sure. know, like We wouldn't have the damp methodology. <laughs> right, we would not have damp. So it's like, you can go out of business with the best of intentions, and you can also go out of business because you're a raving prick monster. Like, I I have also seen, you know, those situations where it's like, you're not only making bad decisions, but you're alienating everybody on your way to the bad decision city. I I don't think we've, I don't think we've answered their question, though. How do you, like, how do you get through the day if you do work for... And I know that there are companies that are like that, that are like just filled with bad people. And the organization is large enough that those bad people can be, you know, 
well-positioned and difficult to remove. Sure. My my thing is, and I, I think you've kind of, like, you, you might have touched on it for a minute. If you are just, if you're employed by the biggest assholes on the planet, you can leave. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying. I mean, like, in some respects, that's easier said than done. I know. So I I'm, know. I'm putting forward some glasses, and those glasses have little TV screens in them. And they just mm-hmm. play cat videos from YouTube all day. <laughs> okay. All right. So you can pretend that things aren't uh, that things aren't as awful as they are? Exactly. Okay. I can get behind that. You know, honestly, I think if, if, Google, if Google Glass had been that, I think it probably <laughs> wouldn't have failed. But <laughs> I tried to do too many things with it. It's like, I don't want to, like, truly get, like, VR or augmented reality. I just want to be able to like look people in the eye and also watch cat videos. I am I am one hundred percent behind this. I think we have discovered why <laughs> Google Glass failed as spectacularly as it did. Oh well, they didn't ask us if they had, if they had called us first, we could have saved it. But yeah, with all these robocalls, I probably wouldn't have answered it either. <laughs> this time on the segment of what grinds Derek's gears. Robo calls. <laughs> I no, for <we're>... one. <laughs> All right, you want to get to the issue from the internet? Yeah. <sighs> it's not going to be that good. Don't be that excited. Jesus Christ. I'm high on life, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, high on life or mold spores, whatever. <laughs> high on Unctalore the Squamous one. Wow, that is a disgusting. Disturbing phrase you just said. All right, this issue is titled Future Colleague Has Infantile and Vaguely Inappropriate Websites by user What Now. I have recently been offered a job as a software developer at a small company. I was excited about this position. The colleagues I will be working with all seem clever and motivated, which is what attracted me to the job. I will be joining a small team, which is currently made up of two people, a manager and a recent hire. I was idly searching LinkedIn this evening to get an idea of the background of the recent hire when I found a very juvenile and inappropriate set of domains run by him. The domains are both named after and contain content related to juvenile but very not safe for work content. I have reason to believe that this is not just an old forgotten domain. The websites appear to have been regularly updated in recent years. This employee, judging by his LinkedIn history, must be about 30 years old. He still uses... Related usernames on multiple websites, including some that can only have been created in the last few years. I feel as if this is incredibly juvenile and at the very least quite bizarre, and I am no longer sure I want to work with this person. I am concerned that he will bring his immature attitude into the workplace, and at a broader level, I am slightly uncomfortable with the level of of investment he has made into what is at best a very outdated meme. (laughs) In such a small team, I will not be able to avoid dealing with him. On a regular extended basis, I have several questions that I would like opinions on. Am I overreacting? How should I proceed with a job offer? And given that these websites are entirely personal, should I inform the company of it? (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily your place to judge (laughs) clownpp.com. I will have you know that clownpp.com has generated... One million unique visitors every month 
since its inception in 1995. So if you're talking about longevity on the internet, you won't find a, a bigger cornerstone of the internet than clownpeepee.net. <laughs> I mean, it's not necessarily grown, but it's not shrunk over time either. There is a there is a hardline and stable group of enthusiasts for clownpeepee.com. And, and I just don't think that you can necessarily fault someone for following their passions. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, so first off, uh, th- we, we may be biased on this front since we, we do have, uh, we are creators of, of some sort and we are putting this kind of shit out <laughs> into, the, into the world. Uh, <laughs> we resemble so, that remark. Right. So like. You know, fuck your judgment, but it's but yeah, seriously, fuck your judgment. Like whatever, whatever this guy does, uh, is fine. Like if if he's if he runs a site that is like wholly devoted to uh, you know, My Little Pony fa- fan fiction slash and non slash, um, unless he's like coming to work wearing the the branded T shirts for that place, like. Just don't worry about it. Like Applejack, <laughs> no one understands our love. <laughs> oh. But no, like you you can't just Okay. First of all, this guy's talking about going into a team, quote unquote team. There's only two people on it. Like until it, <laughs> until it becomes well it would be three with the, with this person right it would be three i i mean like i guess we're talking like is is a line a shape or does it only become a shape when in, when there are three like uh, three sides so it's a triangle it is not a team yet like <laughs> you will you will possibly make it a team but like the, you know i i can't i guess i can imagine like finding something that's so reprehensible um like if it's juvenile fucking whatever it doesn't it doesn't matter now if it's something like serious like if it is like truly exemplifying the 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 terrible nature of this person then yes then then the gloves are off like if if you want to slip a note under their boss's door saying you know, here's here's the domain registrar for this horrible racist shit this person's doing. Like, yeah, I I support that because fuck racists, fuck horrible people. Like, whatever yeah, comes, I mean, to if comes to them. If it's like sexist shit that's causing a like a, a a negative work environment or a hostile work environment, yeah. Like, okay, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, this dude needs to knock this shit off. But sometimes right. it's like, okay, is it that? It's it's hard to tell because one person's juvenile bullshit is somebody else's. Like, uh, okay, whatever. Right. And yeah, you're you're exactly right. Like this guy, this guy sounds like a real dweeb. Like he is just like, uh, my co- my new coworkers are going to be very immature, and I'm not sure I can be in that environment. It's like, dude, fuck off! Like you're a software developer. Like if they didn't have a My Little Pony site, I'd be more surprised. Like <laughs> just just fuck off. And you know, 
okay, so I, I really wish this person had put more information there. I know they can't. I know that it's that it's not kosher to like put somebody on blast like this. But I want to know so bad. I want to know what this is. Like, <laughs> like, 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 I can't describe how bad I want to know what this is. Like, is it like uh like YTMND from like you know, 2003 or something, or is he hosting like, uh, I don't know, like a ripoff Homestar Runner or something like that? Like, what what could this possibly be? Talking about an, an out-of-date meme? I mean, unfortunately, I don't know any mid-2000s memes, and I certainly don't know enough about them to, to be able to hazard a guess. I mean, I mean, I could, I could probably spitball a few... But, like, I just really want to know this because, like, because, I mean, I I get it. Like, if you, (laughs) if somebody is, like, their whole life is stuck, like, 10 years back in the past. Like, if, if, like, all their, all their references are going to be this old shitty thing. Like, I get that that could be a bit off-putting because I worked with somebody that was, like, they were like 10 years behind on like funny stuff. So like all their references were like at the time, you know, 10 years before. So they're quoting like Ace Ventura in like 2007, like, like quoting it as contemporary material. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm like, I'm like, dude, I see you're trying and your, your impression of, of, uh, you know, Jim Carrey crawling out of the rhino's ass. Like it's really good. (laughs) Like, it is like mime level quality of, of like the mental images. Three dimensional. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is like smell a vision. Like it's great, but at the same time, like you you should update it a little bit. I understand. You know, in the mid two thousands, like comedy had a bad time. Like comedy was not doing okay in in, in that part of time. I mean, like forty year old virgin and shit. Like I know a lot of people were fond of that, but like. Not exactly top marks of comedy. Um, but now, then again, neither was Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> Come to think of it. <laughs> I think the currency of our lives currently is nostalgia, though. So, I mean, can you live your life completely by, like, just Jim Carrey quotes? I think he's got enough movies at this point that you you absolutely could. Like... <laughs> You could literally just memorize every quote uh, from every Jim Carrey movie. Uh, I mean, especially like if somebody asked to to borrow a pen, you got like you know the goddamn pen is blue. You know, you uh, you got uh, if you drop a really big bomb in the the bathroom, you know, do not go in there. I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on. You got tons of material, so uh, I think you could make a good run at it. I've had better. <laughs> liar, um, liar is classic cinema. It is. It, it probably, probably is my favorite Jim Carrey movie. But, uh, <laughs> like, I'm not going to turn this into like you know a, a movie review of Liar, Liar from Jim Carrey. Um. But no, I, I think, uh, so I, I, so the, the fact that it's an outdated meme, I don't think has a whole lot of bearing on whether or not 
this guy would be an okay person to work with. Um, because, you know, like, honestly, if I found it that I was going to work with somebody that, like, was, like, one of the original creators of, like, I Can Has Cheeseburger or something like that, which was, you know, it's been several years. Like, it's been 10 years since that that first, like, started. Um, but it was, like, such a big thing back in the day. I would be honored <laughs> to work with that motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> sir, I've been an admirer of your work for... Ten years now. I mean, cheeseburger. I, (laughs) Mister Cheeseburger. Uh, I, I, you know, I do wish that I was like joking to some extent, but like to be honest, like if I, I, (laughs) I'm a nerd. I like a lot of dumb shit. Just full stop. Just (laughs) I like a lot of dumb shit. So like, you know, if if I had a chance to work with like somebody who had like created one of the things that that I thought was amazing you know during my youth or you know in the past few years i think i would be fucking like i said honored as fuck so unless it was like something that i found just completely uh unfunny or annoying like i think i'd be totally cool with that now what if it's what if it's some of those early 2000s forbidden memes uh forbidden such as what things that that i can't speak of derek because to speak of them will call forth memories that i think (laughs) all of us would rather just lie undisturbed so i can't tell if my my skills at repression are so strong uh or if i was just out of the loop uh during this whole like forbidden meme process Damn it, Derek, I'm trying to bait you into saying some horrible shit on camera. <laughs> and you almost got me to do it. <laughs> I pulled the old, the old switcheroo. Oh, God. I mean, if you want to talk like mid, you know, mid, early 2000s, mid 2000s memes, I mean, we'll be here all night. But but it's, it's, it's like Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop. So we're, we're getting towards the end. Uh, you know, maybe we'll make a, uh, <laughs> devote an, an entire episode to nostalgic memes. <sighs> All right. Want to punch the clock, Derek? Yep, let's punch the clock. If you'd like to send us a question to answer on air, please send them to questions at WLICast.com. If you want to connect with us, you can go to WLICast.com, where you'll find all of our social media links, and also links to our store, Patreon, and other ways you can support the show. A big thank you to our growing list of patrons on Patreon. You lovely people have pitched in to help us make the show bigger and better, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And guys, there's nothing better for growing our audience than word of mouth. And that means if you like the show, share us with the people you know and tell them all about us. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a frenemy. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. Keep going, keep going. This is background music. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. Oh, good old hamster dance. 
<laughs> my, my favorite is that. Look at my horse. My horse is amazing. <laughs> Give it a lick. Yeah, taste your clock raisins. The stroke, stroke of its mane it turns into a plane. And then it turns back again when you tug on its winky. <laughs> Ooh, that's dirty. Do you think so? Then I'd better not show you how the lemonade is made. Sweet lemonade. Sweet oh, sweet lemonade. lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to hell, Derek. <laughs> we're taking everybody with us. Oh, man. <laughs>